there is this irresistible lure to be involved in strategy meetings and all, all long-term planning. It's, it somehow makes you more important than one of the grunts doing the actual execution or doing the actual work. Episode 220, The Seven Dangers of Long-Term Plans. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. With more than 2.6 million listens and downloads and growing every week, this is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Jason, I was just having a conversation with a friend this morning over coffee, and I was telling him about my excitement for March 23rd through 25th, 2020. It is the Jason Jennings Certification Summit. He's like, tell me more. And I said, we've got people coming from all over the world to spend three days learning about what has been researched and written about in eight best-selling books. It's going to be off the charts. So, well, Where thank you. Well you, just, you. well, you just did it for me. Uh, the uh, the first assignment uh, to all of the attendees uh, will be going out in the next several days. And uh, it, it, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what it is, uh, but it's going to be an, a very interesting assignment. Uh, we're at capacity uh, right now, and uh, I am probably more excited about the summit uh, than I've been about uh, uh, anything I, I've ever done. For those people who are not familiar with it very briefly, uh, I made a commitment. Uh, I've made a commitment to uh, do 25% of my work pro bono, uh, no charge. And uh, I still plan on writing a lot of books and doing a lot of speeches, but 25 25% of my stuff is going to be uh, pro bono. And so March 23rd through 25th, I'm going to give all the knowledge away uh, to uh, 50 people. Uh, uh, just an incredibly, uh, an in just incredible people who have, who have raised their hand and want to be part of this. Uh, from CEOs of companies to uh, well-known consultants to uh, uh, just very accomplished people. So it, it's going to be rather magical. And uh, it's being done at no charge uh, at the uh, Lodge at Tiburon. And, uh, and we'll keep you updated if, uh, if a space or two becomes available. But as of right now, I don't think so. I, we're, we're at capacity. So for those who have expressed their interest and are and have confirmed their interest, those are the yes. two steps that have taken so, yep. far, so yep. far, uh, taken place so far. Yes. How are you communicating? Strictly via, via email? You've mentioned WhatsApp in the past. What's, what's yeah, the preferred communication okay, tool? Okay, so what's, uh, as of right now, all communication has been email, and we're asking everybody to uh, sign up uh, for WhatsApp, and then we'll have a closed WhatsApp group. And I would guess starting in uh, January, we'll probably start dispensing assignments uh, and uh, more information uh, via our closed WhatsApp group. Awesome. Okay. Well, okay. That's exactly what I was wondering about. And on I'm excited. To, I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited. It's going to be so cool. Yep. Today's topic, seven dangers of long-term plans. Um, part of this makes sense in that we're coming to the end of the year as we record this podcast. And I know in my business, we spent a lot of time talking about 2020 and what's going on. But what, what brought this up for you? 
Okay. All right. So uh, during the last 10 days that I've been off the road, I've done uh, many, many interviews. I don't, I don't know what the count is now, 32 to 35 uh, interviews for upcoming speeches. And, and like you said, it seems like everybody's, everyone's involved in year-end planning and long-term planning and year-end reviews. And I've been telling them uh, that uh, I'm off the road for the month of December because I, I run hard January through November, and then December's a time to clean up any messes I've made and plan ahead for the next year and really enjoy our holiday here in the West. And so I have no travel. And they said, well, I, I wish I could say that, I mean, we're working harder than we've ever worked because of all these planning activities. So And so then I would probe uh, and prod a little bit about the type of planning that they're involved in. Now, here are three Real-world examples I have heard in, in the past week uh, or the past 10 days. Uh, number one, uh, one CEO was telling me about uh, his plan uh, to turn their billion-dollar company into a $2 billion company in the next three years. And I, I, I just sat and listened. Um, then I was talking to somebody in a retail business uh, about their plan to add 400 locations in the next four years. And I was talking to somebody else uh, from another company who was talking about that their long-term plan is to raise revenues 500% over the next uh, five years. Essentially, I, I guess, kind of doubling every year. And um, I, I, I was thinking, uh, we, we'd actually done a podcast, 100, 150 podcasts ago about long-term planning. But I went back to my book, Think Big, Act Small, uh, to see if I could come up with some wisdom on the subject of long-term planning. And I found it. Chapter three, it was titled Short-Term Goals and Long-Term Horizons. And uh, and let me set this chapter up and let me tell you the information I'm going to share today uh, by telling you uh, about my first meeting with Cliff Hudson, uh, the former CEO of Sonic Drive-Ins. He just resigned. They sold the company and he resigned, I think, after maybe 35 years with the company, just a, a remarkable leader. Uh, the qualification to get into the book, Think Big, Act Small, was uh, double-digit organic revenue growth every year for 10 years, and the same thing with profits. And uh, there were 120 companies in the U.S. who had achieved that uh, over a 10-year period of time on the revenue line. But then in the profit line, there were like a total of 10 companies. And those were the 10 companies we wrote about in that book. And uh, so we we set up our couple of days of meetings. And uh, my head of research at that time, Brian Salon, and I flew to uh, Oklahoma City, and we were supposed to duly report uh, to the, uh, was it the second or third floor of Sonic Drive-Ins at like nine o'clock on a Tuesday morning, whatever it was. And so uh, we show up and we walk in and we're cleared right away. And they said, just go to the elevators. And I think it was take the elevator to the third floor. And uh, when you get off, turn right and you'll, you'll find a cliff. And uh, so we take the elevator off and uh, Brian and I are walking along this hallway. It's a very airy kind of atrium like building a lovely place. And, uh, and there's a man. Uh, sitting at the receptionist desk. So I, I guess this guy is the executive assistant to all of the big execs. And I said, we're, we're here to see Cliff Hudson. And he said, well, I'm Cliff Hudson. And I said, well, what are you doing sitting at the receptionist desk? And he said, well, you know, he said, uh, we had somebody go on leave. Uh, the person who used to sit here went on leave last year, and I decided I would just sit here uh, for a couple of months and see what it was like. And he said, I've decided to make it my permanent office. And, and the great line, uh, one of his great retorts was, I said, so this is your office? This is where you work, the reception desk? He said, yep, I'm right in the middle. I can see everything. I know everything that's going on. And I said, well, what do you do when you have to talk about something private? And he said, 
publicly traded companies that spend a lot of time talking about private stuff are the companies that get in trouble. He said, there's nothing we can't talk about right here. And, uh, and that was how my day began with this uh, very humble, wonderful, wonderful man. And one of the things he told me over these uh, couple of days we spent together was uh, that Sonic Drive-Ins is not capital constrained. In other words, they're, they're, not, they're not short of money. Uh, and we could grow faster. He said, but you know, our long-term view is irrelevant if we lose focus on doing things right every single day. And he said, that is a very clear and present danger for many companies. They are so locked in to a long-term plan that they stop focusing on doing things right every day. So let me talk about the seven dangers of getting locked into rigid long-term plans as we just saw happen. I've never asked you what you think about this debacle at WeWork and the poster child for horrible long-term planning, Adam Newman. I mean, what what do you think about this company? Uh, You've obviously followed it in the news. So I I do know it's, it's interesting to watch and I guess I'm still curious to see what's going to happen? Are they going to be able to rescue it? Is it, and I have not been paying close attention to Adam Newman and I don't know anything about their long-term planning. Oh, the guy's a I jerk. Just, uh, okay. I, mean, I mean, I mean, the guy's a jerk. I mean, uh, you know, smoking joints and drinking booze on private jets. I mean, we're talking about a startup here uh, that is yet to turn a profit. Uh, very self-indulgent, very arrogant guy. Uh, you could, you could see this one coming. You could see this one coming. And uh, so he, he built this company up to this lofty value of 40, $47 billion, largely smoke and mirrors. Well, now the valuation's gone from uh, $47 or $50 billion to less than $10 billion, I mean, within one month. And uh, then WeWork um, was taken over by its biggest investor, SoftBank. And I mean, the SoftBank people are pretty smart, but I, uh, what they did is they gave him $1.7 billion to go away. Just to just to leave and, and go away. So, so is he the dummy or is he the smarty? I still think he's the dummy. And uh, SoftBank assigned WeWork a five billion dollar valuation. So now it's gone from forty seven billion to ten billion, down to five billion. And the layoffs began two weeks ago. The layoff. But I mean, if you would talk to Adam Newman, they had this long term plan, locked in long term plan. I mean, lease space in every major city on the planet and create these collective work areas for people. And I mean, just a long-term locked-in plan. Well, here's, here's the problem, or here are the problems with long-term plans. Number one, there's almost a, always a real problem with, with resource allocation. If you're saying our five-year plan is to double in size, well, then if you start building facilities, I mean, to double your revenues over the next five years, if it doesn't happen... I mean, you are still locked up or locked into this bad resource of uh, or bad, bad allocation of resources. And, and so, number one, uh, you know, great stewards, I mean, carefully allocate resources. And, and so that's one danger of long term of, of a rigid long term locked in plan. Future talk. And I've seen this happen, Dale, in so many companies, uh, given the volume of conversations I have with people. All they can talk about is the future. That's all, all they can talk about is their future long-term plan and where we're going to be. And what happens is almost invariably, they never get there because they take their eye off the ball and they stop doing the things that allowed themselves to get in a position where they could be talking about long-term 
They should have been talking about long-term dreams, long-term hopes, not locked-in long-term plans. Uh, the third mistake with uh, rigid lock, long-term locked-in plans is greed takes over. And, and that's clearly what happened with Newman. I mean, jetting around the world in private chartered jets and on and on and on and on. Greed takes over. And it's, look, I mean, we have to, we have to using smoke and mirrors, we've got to pump the valuation of this company up as much as we can because that's what's going to make me rich. And people start getting greedy about what's going to happen. I mean, how, how, how they can, uh, what, what their get-out strategy is. The fourth thing that happens is you have mismanaged expectations. You've brought all these people on board. You've painted them this picture, this dream of where it's going to be and where they're likely to be. And then all of a sudden, it's not happening. And so you've got mismanaged expectations. How do you go back to people and say, well, what we told you is going to happen is not really what's going to happen, but we're going to be okay. So your credibility takes a big hit there. And then the next thing that happens, very often, investors lose confidence. I mean, as we're seeing with WeWork right now, uh, the WeWork story is just a classic, classic, classic story. And number six, it's tough to change course. It's really tough to bring all these people on board and you say, we're going to change the world. We're going to do this. And this is where we're going to be in five years. And we're all going to be filthy rich and on and on. And then how do you, how do you change course? People, people start leaving. It's very difficult to change course. And the final thing that happens, number seven, is it just blinds you to reality. So it goes back to the title of that book. Think big. Yes. Think big. Think big. But Act very small, act very responsibly. Don't get so locked in to a, to a rigid long-term plan that you fail to take care of business today. Remember the words of Cliff Hudson. I mean, and he said, we're not short of money. We're not capital constrained. We could grow faster, but our long-term view is irrelevant if we lose focus on doing things right every single day. So those are my thoughts. Awesome. This takes me back to our most recent podcast where we were we were talking about preparing for a recession. Uh-huh. And I encourage you if you haven't heard that one yet, go back and listen to that podcast. The basic concept was common sense isn't so common. Right. <laughs> and and right. this the same holds true here. It's do the right things over and over, be present, focus on what's going on in your business and don't spend all your time three, five, 10 years out. Right. Right. Because it'd be nice. And, and, and you know, it was interesting for that book and for all the other books I've written. Uh, they were great. They were obviously great leaders uh, who are profiled in all of my books, but not one of them, not one of them. What I would ask where are you going to be in five years? Uh, even though I know the folly of asking that question, but they caught me. Every one of them caught me. They said, whoa, where are we going to be in five years? I'll tell you where we're going to be in five years. We're going to be exactly where we deserve to be in five years based on what we do today, tomorrow, and this year. And uh, it's an interesting comment you made about common sense. Uh, I, I desperately wanted to write a book uh, once called the most, the most Common Thing About Common Sense is How Uncommon Common Sense Really Is. And uh, my publisher said, no, the title's too long. It's not going to fly. So I didn't get to write that book. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, you, you really have to stick to your knitting. 
and um, uh, that that message gets lost on people. And I think it's because of of greed and uh, and their need in many cases for an inflated sense of self importance. Is it also easier to sit and plan for a long term future and make? make oneself feel good rather than work on executing and being accountable in the here and now. Is, uh, that, is, that, is that, is there a pull? Do you think? Oh, I think I listen, there's, there's a pull to do uh, an almost irresistible pull uh, to do all of those things. I remember the man who turned around yellow freight, his uh, Bill Zoller's, uh, face and name comes to mind, and uh, SAS comes to mind, where, where uh, all of these people, uh, all of these leaders spent, well, when Bill Zollers took over Yellow Freight, the company was in, in danger of going upside down, and they had like 500 freight depots across the United States, and what he did for the first year and a half is he would jump on an airplane every Sunday night and go out and spend the time at the freight depots, explaining what the company was going to do, what he was going to do, and what was in it for the people, and I, I said, well, when did you find time to run the company? And he said, oh, running the company is overrated. He said, I was able to do that on, on Saturdays and Sundays. And uh, there, there is this irresistible lure to be involved in strategy meetings and all, all long-term planning. It's, it somehow makes you more important than one of the grunts doing the actual execution or doing the actual work. Um, the actual... The, the actual to be a CEO, about the only thing you really need uh, is a great dashboard sitting on your desk that you sit at and look at every single day and saying, do I have to steer a little left? Do I have to steer a little right? Do I have to just maybe a little bit one degree this way or one degree that way? Uh, the actual job of CEO is, is essentially a pretty easy job. And so CEOs have a lot of time on their hands. And so they, so they make up all this stuff to do. <laughs> I'm, and I'm sorry that that's going to offend some CEOs, but uh, that's the way I see it after, uh, uh, after having uh, studied, uh, screened 220,000 companies and closely studied 80,000 companies for eight best-selling books. Uh, you know, it's more fun to do this, this stuff than it is to do the grunt work of execution. And yet it's the execution, which is where the magic takes place. That's where the intentionality is required. Yep. And that, that was the, yeah, the focus of the question. It's daily intentionality on what is common sense that drives results. Maybe we'll never need to do another podcast. All you have to do is repeat that over and over and over again. <laughs> All right. Any final words for us? Uh yeah. Uh, just let me basically sum it up one more time. Rigid, long-term planning uh, in a time of fast and unpredictable change, uh, faster and changing more quickly than it ever has, is impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible to do. I mean, given what we have seen in the last five years, do we have any idea where things are going to be five years from now? I mean, what the marketplace is going to look like five years from now, I don't, and nobody else does either. So the advice is to focus on the immediate challenges and opportunities you face, and the future will take care of itself. Hmm. 
that is so true. And it's hard to accept at the same time for people who want to control their destiny. You got it. <laughs> but it happens in the here and now. That's where you control it. That's yeah, but remember, it. the most uncommon thing about common sense is how uncommon common sense really is. Absolutely. All right. Hey, Jason, thank you so much. I'm going to remind folks that uh, you you might be listening to this podcast on Jason's website, jason-jennings.com. Great place to find the most recent episodes. But streamline your life. Make it easier for the podcast to show up. Uh, find your favorite podcast listening app. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast while you are there. If you would rate and review the podcast, we would be most grateful. It makes it easier for other people to find this great content that holds, holds feet to the fire, so to speak. Do that, and uh, we'd be most grateful. Also, if you want to reach out to Jason, send him a message, let him know how this podcast or one in the past has impacted you, your life, made your business better, made you better as a person, be sure and drop him a line. Jason at jason-jennings.com is the email address. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today is called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how your group or company can have Jason keynote your next event. Visit that website, jason-jennings.com. This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.